and welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you are joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It is because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. Again, we are so excited to get ready to hear a powerful message from God's Word. Blessings to you. Well, good morning, Four Points. I'm so excited about the fifth and last part of Give Thanks. I'm excited because I believe God's shown me some things that'll kind of wrap a bow up of Give Thanks and kind of maybe give you a better understanding of how to now walk in gratitude and walk in praise, how we can live out what this looks like, how, how we can have a better understanding of why it's so hard sometimes to give thanks. And so on the back end of Thanksgiving, when we've all had to adjust our belt buckles, at least one size, if y'all had a good Thursday, we are going to look at what it really means to give thanks. So in review, the entire series, we've done Psalm 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And so again, that, that we enter into relationship through thanks and fellowship through praise, and then we give thanks to him and bless his name. But today, what I want to talk to you about is this. Today can be your one day. Today can be your one day. Your one day. I want you all to think about this. I, I, when I think about the best day ever or the one day, the, the, the day that I had that was great or, or whatever, I think about a few things. One is um, the three times that my team's that I was able to coach and be a part of, we won state championships, and those were great days. Like, I, I've got the ring still in my office, and I think about those days, and those were great one days. Those days stand out from other days, because when you walk up on the ladder as a coach and you get to cut the nets down, that day's different. I think about certainly the day that I got married, and that was a great day, at least for me. Maybe not as much for Leah at least some of the time, but it was a great day for me. And the, the day that my kids were born was a great one day, a great one day. And then maybe some of y'all think of stuff like vacations that were life-changing. Maybe it was your honeymoon, or maybe like for Leah and I, years later, we got to go to Maui, and that was a great seven days. And so we can think of individual days or even weeks, and we recall great days, but what would it be like? What would it be like? if every day could be a one day. Now, that does not mean that every day gets to be a state championship or my kids are born or vacation. But every day can be meaningful, valuable time. Every day can be not wasted. But I believe there's things that we have to do in order for that to happen. And listen to this, I also believe there's things that we can do to cause the one day to not be today. And sometimes it's not your fault, by the way. Sometimes it's not my fault. But what does become my fault is when I let the circumstances of life, I let the difficulties that I'm facing, I let the supernatural or the spiritual world fight against me and I don't recognize it, so I allow that to dictate how I stand, how I walk, who I am. And when I do that, I decide 
to not, and think about it, just think about this. This is what we do almost every day of our life. We have stuff coming against us. Some of y'all in the business world have stuff coming against us. We have life coming against us, and then you forget to thank God and then praise. And, and we use excuses like this. Well, it's just too hard, and I got so busy, and I forgot. Or we thank God and praise him for what he can give us, not because we get to, and we miss the amazing thing of God. I love what David said in Psalm 84, in verse 10 and 11. He said, it's better to have one day. He said, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. There's songs sung about this. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. He says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I, just think about this. A thousand days is not quite three years. A thousand days is not quite three years. It'd take a few more days, but you'd almost reach three years. And I just want you to think about how long three years really are. Like if we started right now, we would almost get to the beginning of 2021 for one day to equal what he's saying here. And I don't believe the thousand days is literal. I don't, I don't think we have to look at it that clearly, but if we can see seasons of our lives that are wasted because we get so rut-oriented and forget to praise and I'm going to show you why that is in a second. But he says a thousand days somewhere else other than in his courts is nowhere near as good as that one day. I would rather be a doorkeeper. Remember outside the gates? Remember we talked about this? I'd rather be a doorkeeper right outside the gates to be that close to God in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And now the immediate thought is, well, I don't live in the tents of the wicked, and that's weird, but I'm just telling you this, and you can take this however you want to take it. But the tents of the wicked are anywhere outside the courts of the Lord. And so we all find ourselves in the tents of the wicked the minute that we walk out of praise. And so it says in verse 11, the Lord God is a sun and shield. I love that so much. Think about this. If the sun burned out on the earth, it'd be bad, y'all. Like everything's done. The earth would freeze. And the sun gives life. I'm like, it's so powerful. And that is who our God is. And he's our protector and our shield of faith. That is who he is. And, and he's just describing this after the one day in your courts. He says, the Lord our God is our sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor on us. He gives us his favor, his hand of goodness toward us and, and honors us. No good thing does God withhold. Watch, but this is huge from those who walk upright. There's nothing that God withholds to those who walk upright. Recently in my life, one thing that I've really had change is my mindset of what it means to walk with the Lord, what, what it really means to stand upright. This past weekend, I preached a little mini-series to students at a retreat. And when I did... I did it on the full armor of God. And I noticed something, y'all, that in Ephesians 6, leading up to the full armor of God, the word stand is mentioned five times. If you include withstand, stand is mentioned five times before he ever tells you to put on the armor of God. There is something about upright, walking, standing, being, being righteous, which means right standing with God. There's something about me standing 
on the promises of God that lead to me walking with him that lead to all of these things happening in my life. Because this is how I believe we get it twisted. I believe that we think, and I'm going to mess with some of your theologies, but I, I really think, and your, that means your belief about God. I, I believe that you can get this and this can really help you where you are today. I think we think when we don't go to certain kind of movies, that makes us righteous. When we don't drink certain things or do certain things, that makes us righteous. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that he, who, he excuse me, who knew no sin, meaning Jesus, became sin and died on the cross so that I could be the righteousness of God, meaning that I naturally, because I'm a citizen of God, meaning I've taken him as my Savior and Lord, I am now standing upright with him, not because of what I did, but because of what he did. Now, it is my everyday right and, according to this, responsibility to now stand upright. The devil wants to remind you of your fallenness or your, your sinful nature. And so every time you feel in a hole, upset, frustrated, anxious, it is most likely something that you're facing and something that you can't control. And the issue with that, y'all, is when I feel feel fallen, when I feel overwhelmed, I remind myself of what I'm not, not what God says I am. And the result of that is I'm not thankful to the Lord. And the result of that is I don't give him a praise. And there's this weird like tension that I live under all the time. And that's why we can go in these massive seasons without today being one day, the one day in his courts. And that's why when we look back on our life and we've worked as hard as we can and we've busted our rear ends and some of us have accomplished great things, we can look back and ask this one question and kind of be frustrated, y'all. Did I accomplish everything that God set out for me to accomplish by walking upright with the Lord in his courts? Because it's only in his presence from his goodness that we can be what he's called us to be. But most of us miss that because we think that difficulty shouldn't come. And it's frustrating. So here's what I want you to know. The brain, this is fascinating, y'all. The brain, the human brain, is made up of different parts. But when it comes to your one day, when it comes to how we thank God and praise God, when it comes to these things, this is so fascinating to me because especially in the two parts, the outside and the, and the inner part of our brain, there's, there's a crazy thing that our brain does. Number one is the outside part of our brain is called the neocortex, which if you don't remember that, it doesn't matter because I'm certainly not a brain surgeon, but the neocortex is all about your reasoning, all about your logic. And, and the way God made me is I love to know, so I want to know logically why something fits, why something works, why something happens, and, and I tear it apart, and I dig, and I find information. And so if you're a logical person, and, and all of us at some level are, if you're scientific, that is logic. If, if that's how you work, that is the thankful part of your brain. It is impossible, listen to this, it is impossible to think without thinking. You have to consider, because that's what the word literally means, is to consider the goodness of God. I, I, when I thank the Lord, I am remembering and considering the goodness that he is. And so I use logic 
to remember how great God is. I have now reasoned in my own self and in my own brain how great our God is. And as I think about him, I immediately thank him. But watch this. If you're so overwhelmed with life and there's so many things coming against you that you don't have time to stop, stand, and thank you don't enter his gates with thanksgiving because your logical part of your brain is actually kind of shut off. That we don't reason logically because emotion takes over and that's where the second part of your brain comes in. It's the emotional part. I want you to see this other picture because I think it's fascinating because you can see the outer here and the inner here on the left side. is, And, and, and this inner part of your brain that is seen on the first picture is the decision-making part. But as you look at it, 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 and I love this second picture because it says that it's our memory and where we feel anger and where we feel love and anxiety and fear and hate and jealousy and all these emotions pop up in our minds. Now, it's still part of your brain and it still works, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this isn't just me studying, this is me living these two parts of our brains do not naturally work very well together. That's why people tell you, y'all, you can get these pamphlets. This isn't like something that I've come up with. But that's why people tell you that if you ever face depression, never make a major decision, get help. If you're ever overwhelmed to the point of, of just absolute terror and fear and you need to talk to somebody, never try to make a major decision. If you're experiencing extreme anger, if you're experiencing extreme tact or you want to attack if you're overwhelmed in any of these and you're overly emotional, you should never try to make a logical decision through an emotional state. And what's fascinating about this is we all get to this point where we get so, and even if you, so I feel like one holdup is that people feel like this is just for emotional people. But you don't have to show outward emotion to be inwardly erect. Y'all, listen to this, because this is what I think is, is, is revelation to many of us. When the Bible says the heart of a man or the heart of a person, the Bible's not actually talking about this organ in here. It's the picture of that organ or the picture of what it does. It's the life flow. It's, it's where the blood comes from and all that. But, but it actually means the inner man or the, the emotional side of me, which is actually this part of my brain that, that even though this is the rational side, this is the decision maker. It's where your worship comes from because the literal definition of praise or worship is what you value most. It is an expression of what you value most. And so when I worship, I'm worshiping from my heart or from this part of my brain, y'all. So watch this. This is so cool to me. We enter his gates with thanksgiving where our logic comes from, and we are in his courts with our hearts. And if your brain is not working together, heart and mind, your soul is what that literally means. All of you, you won't enter his gates and his courts. You'll be a wreck. And it's hard for that day to be each day because life happens, and this word anxiety takes over. Anxiety is a natural feeling that all of us feel at least at some level. There's no one in the room that doesn't feel anxiety or anxious at some level. There's no one that ever can go through life without any fear. If you're a person that says you don't fear, you don't have logic right now. And so that part of your brain is shut off, right? 
And when I get so clouded and closed up because of whatever is happening in my life, I choose to forget or I choose to focus on, I should say, other things other than the Lord. And I know if you've got a deadline, you've got to get that deadline done, but that does not mean the goodness of God cannot be on your thoughts. And you can't take a break and think of the goodness of God, that he came, that he came, became a man, that he died and rose again, that his life gives you life, that his hope gives you hope. And, his, and we have the ability to stand up, right, and walk because of what God did. But we don't do that because we only think of everything but God. Then, in our emotion, which, by the way, this is huge, is where our love comes from. Y'all, I just believe this. The reason people, when bad things happen to them, I can't tell you how many times in my office I've heard this. When bad things happen in their lives, they say, how could God let this happen? And they're trying to make a logical statement from an emotional state. And they say, I hate. I hate God. Because the same place that's the picture of your heart, where love comes from, the emotional side of you that God wants. He wants all of your emotion. He wants all of your will. He wants all of your brain, your, your, your ability to be logical and reasoning, because all of it points to Jesus, and he wants both. It works in harmony. It's a beautiful, harmonious relationship that we have with God. But most of us will give him half and so logically, you may be sitting in the room today and you may think, well, I know, I know that God is who he says he is, but you've never given him your love and affection, so you've never given him your you, your inner self. And so you've wandered outside the gates and the courts thinking, why do they get something that I don't? And it's because they're standing upright, not because of who they are. And then they're walking in their freedom in Christ Jesus, not because of what they've done or their last name, but because of who God says they are, because they are his. And each day, people that walk in freedom get the opportunity to let this day be their one day. So this is why I think we get stuck right here. Philippians chapter 4. Starting in verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. That is literally, y'all, the picture of what we just looked at in the text. It's literally the picture of inside and outside. Love and, and, and emotional and all of you that spills out and the logical reasoning side of you. It is, it is all of you that gets guarded by God himself when I present my issues to him. But when we get so caught up in life, we don't think about it. When life is so difficult, and I know some of y'all are going through such difficult circumstances right now that you don't even think through these things. But here's the deal. Let me go back one verse. The word anxious, and this is unbelievable to me, y'all. The word anxious literally means merimna in the Greek, and I've used this so many times before, but it makes so much more sense now, y'all. It literally means to sever or separate from whole. To sever or separate from whole. Think about John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, that, that you can walk 
whole that you can walk into your purpose and calling that I've given you, that it's not just to set you free, but then you walk as a freed man or woman, that, that you can be clear-minded all the time. And the Bible continuously hits on that over and over and over. The entire book, the entire book of Ephesians is written how we walk in freedom, what it looks like to be in Christ. But if you're anxious... And you're overwhelmed. And these two parts of me do not work hand in hand. I cannot give thanks because I cannot enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It is impossible. Someone say impossible. Say it again. Say impossible. It is impossible to have your one day and be anxious. It's impossible. Impossible. And many of us walked in here today full of anxiety and fear because of what life is bringing at you. This is not about if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. This is about God brought the lemons and let's watch him do what he's going to do with it. We don't have to make believe that everything's okay because sometimes y'all life is not okay. Not everything in life is good. It is a lie for anyone to say that everything is good. It is not a lie to say everything, God is working it for your good. We have to stop trying to create this magic system where everything's okay, and we have to start believing that God will show us the way because he is the way, the truth, and the life. That, that, that when we try to figure everything out in life and we have to know every single step before we take the first one, we'll never get out of the starting blocks and we'll never have our one day. That, that it, it is not an I can't do it. It's that I've decided I can't do it and I won't. And it's because my logic and my emotion, my love and my reason have so conflicted itself that I've not walked in freedom in Christ Jesus and I've made this about religion, that if I do good, God is happy. But when I walk in obedience, it's because I love him and it changes everything. And today can be my one day that when I throw my anxiety and say, no longer will that control me, but I choose to look to Jesus, the peace, shalom, that means generosity from God and absolute serenity. Y'all, that's a big word. If you remember last week's message, generosity is the absolute goodness of God to us. It's the beauty of God given to us when we let our anxiety be given to the Lord. That doesn't mean your circumstances go away, but it does mean today, no matter what your circumstances are, can be your one day in his courts that's better than a thousand elsewhere. And both of those parts that make me whole can be made whole again. Because listen, think about it. If the enemy's trying to sever me, it's because he wants me to remember that I'm fallen. He wants me to remember my bend, my natural person, what I will naturally sin in. And even if you sinned terribly last night, God still sees you as whole if you're one of his. You have to make your mind up that you're going to believe what he says about you that you'll bring your praise and your thanks, that you'll logically love together, and everything changes. And then one of my favorite passages, if not my favorite passage in all of the Bible, to me starts making more sense, and this is how I want to close. Matthew 6, the whole passage from verse 25 
He talks about flowers and how they're absolutely beautiful and birds and, and how they're taken care of. And it's like, why wouldn't I love you too? Why would you think that, that I've covered all of them and not covered you? And then in verse 31, he says, don't be anxious, Merimna. Don't be severed from your hold. Don't come in without your thanks and your praise because of what's happening in your life, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear? For the Gentiles, people that are lost, people that don't know Jesus, they seek after all these things, these things, things tend to be what keeps us from God, and it wrecks our lives. And it doesn't have to be this way, y'all. If we're going to build a culture that is greater than the one that is out there, we got to believe what God said, not what religion has taught us our whole lives. And if we don't believe that, then we need to shut this thing down. Because if everything in life gets us so off kilter that we can't stand upright and walk in who he says he is, loving people because of who God made them to be, not because of their current state, and ultimately loving God first and showing him absolute glory and praise before anything happens, then we're no different than anyone else. And I'm just going to say this, and I'll keep going. The proof's in the pudding, everybody. The world sees the fruit of the capital C church around the world today. And it's because we're against groups and not for God. And it's wrecking us. And I'm just crazy enough to believe that it's time for us to take the land. But we can't do it without giving thanks, without being in his courts. And we can lay down our anxieties and be made whole again. Because we're not this anymore. We're God's people. And listen to this. It says, your heavenly father knows everything. He knows all that we need. He knows everything that we need. Then my favorite verse. So what do we do? How can tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the day after that and the rest of today, how can that be my one day in this course by seeking first the kingdom of God and his, not mine, his righteousness, and all these things that I have been so overwhelmed with that have caused me to not be logical in my mind, have, not caused, have caused me not to love God with my whole heart, have separated me from the whole, and I say, the devil made me do it, or that person made me do it, or anybody else, when I have to own it, it's me and God. They're already added unto me. The minute that I do it God's way, I don't, watch this, I don't have to tell God how he's going to do it. I just got to trust that he's already done it. It's given to me and you. They'll already be added unto us. Therefore, I love this. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you got to do tomorrow. Do what you can do today and walk in it upright, knowing that the sun and the shield is protecting you at all times, knowing that we don't have to make tomorrow happen, that, that you don't hang the sun and the moon and neither do I, that God's got it covered, y'all. What if we believe this stuff? We would change the whole world. It's not on me or y'all to change this community. It's on us to walk upright and give thanks and let every single morning be our one day. And then the community changes. Seriously. I just believe, y'all, that the power of God lives in us if we believe. He says, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't let that sever you from being made whole. 
Because tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Tomorrow's got tomorrow to worry about. So worry about tomorrow when it gets here. And seek first today. Because each day has its own trouble. So each day, seek first. God. Now, this is the question. For each one of you, do you have the ability to make every day your one day? Because the only way that you do is if you've said, Jesus, I realize logically that you're God, but I choose to let that be combined with my inner person, with my inner self, with my love part of my mind to combine the two and say, I love you back. I logically believe you're my Lord and I lovingly love you back because that is salvation. I believe what you did. I call on your name and I love you back. Listen to me, listen to me. If you've never done that, friend, then you can't enter his gates and his courts because you don't have a love relationship with him and you've just made him an object of your mind, not the lover of your life. And all you have to do is this. Pray this with me right now. Jesus, I love you back. And with my whole heart, I give you my life right now. In Jesus' name, thank you for dying on the cross, rising again. I believe and I confess you are who you say you are. And I love you back. Amen. Listen, it's not a prayer that saves you. It's a love relationship that saves you. But if you said that prayer, here's what we want you to do. We want you to take the card that you have in your hand and we want you to check the box the card that you have on your on your bulletin we just want you to check it we want you to fill it out and check it and say today was my one day that I got saved I I accepted Jesus Christ I trusted him as my Lord today fill that out and drop it in the box on the way out the door we want to help you take your first steps with Jesus today and for everybody else listen to me because I know there's a bunch of saved people that are full of anxiety every day can be your one day give it to God. I love y'all so much. I hope y'all had an awesome, awesome Thanksgiving. And I'm so excited about our Christmas series starting next week. Y'all be checking social media and share it. Y'all be ready for an awesome day starting next Sunday and what God's going to do. Now y'all stand with us and let's close in worship. What an awesome day it's been to be in the Lord. Today can be your one day. Come on, somebody.